Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Fernicus Charette. Say what? What's up, Doc G? How you doing, sir? Doing good, man. Doing good. How about yourself? Yeah. Hey, I can't complain, man. It's beautiful outside. Look at the sunshine, everything. It's amazing. Did you get a new haircut? Yeah, I got a little trim. You know, I went to the sport clips. I went to the, you know, random lady, whoever was working there, and I told her, hey, just just make me look a little less uh, homeless. I I tell him the exact opposite. I'm like, what can you give me to make me look a little bit more ragged? Like, I've been in the woods for the last three years. Sweet. Uh, There you go. True fact, Mike. Last time I had my hair cut... Uh, three years, two months ago. There we go. Three years, two months. Three years, two months. Maybe we'll make it a half nice. a decade. I don't know. I haven't decided, but uh, you know, we'll see. There's just no reason. So, when you... You, was it like a birthday cut? Was it like a birthday, and you were like, this it, was. Is it, for the last it was. It was three years. Good call. <laughs> it was. For my my friend Jordan. She uh, her mom is a hairdresser. And she was like, I'm going to get my mom to cut your hair. And I was like, if she comes to me to cut my hair, I'm not going to turn it down. And she did come to me and cut my hair. So I was like, all right. That was the last time I got my hair cut. That's it. Nice. Mm. That's cool. And, you know, no, nobody's offered to cut my hair since then. So it's <laughs> still, it's, it's, it's going it's gonna to grow. Mike, my hair is not troubling me, though. Nope. There is something that is troubling me. Uh, what is this, Doc G? Last week, I told you pretty confidently that possums were native to Alaska. I told you this. Mm, yeah. And I was like, I'm 95% sure on this. That's what I said, 95% sure. I was wrong, Mike. I was wrong. Yeah, I know, listeners. I know. I strive to bring our listeners, Mike, the straight facts on this show. Mm-hmm. I don't want to ever lead them astray, and and I did. Blam. And I apologize for that. I Thank you, Dr. It's been eating away at me, Mike. And guess what? <laughs> First, let's set the record straight. They're found as high as Vancouver. Mm. So they go up to Vancouver. It's interesting. Uh, they don't make it all the way to, to Alaska. And I noticed that basically all the way through sort of the west uh, except for California, they're not not found. Like so in Nevada, no possums, Mike. I don't know if you've noticed no possums. that. Yeah. Yeah, no. no. No possums. Now on the East Coast, completely covering the East Coast. Everywhere. East of the Mississippi, they're everywhere. From Florida to Maine, Michigan to Mississippi, all through there. So we've mm-hmm. got possums all over the place. But you guys, no possums over there. And Alaska, no, no possums. possums. No possums. Now, hmm. now that we've got that covered, Mike, I feel like I need to make it up to everybody. I feel like I need to build back your trust on animal mm-hmm. facts. <laughs> so, so true. So, Mike, I want to give everyone some possum facts. Yeah. Possum facts. We need them. Yes. We need them now. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> now, uh, I was thinking about this, Mike. This this uh, long-term goal of the show. Um, I want to get the show to where we have enough sort of visual component of the show mm -hmm. where I can invite an animal person on the show. Like... <laughs> Like they yeah. did, you know, back in the day, mm -hmm. Carson, Leno, Letterman, they yeah, bring out yeah. the animal guy, and I just get, like, the animal would just crawl on top of me, and I'll be like, whoa, what the my God, like, I want to do that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. I want to get animal guys. I mean, because, you know, as a pure radio podcast, I, I don't think many people are going to get much out if I bring an animal on here. I'm going to be like, you guys, you don't even know right now what I'm looking at. It is insane. Let me describe. <laughs> it is fuzzy. It's got claws. Let me explain this thing. Like, it's just not going to do it. Nope. But, anyways, the other thing I was thinking, Mike, this is how much our show loves animals. I couldn't remember how much our show loves animals and the sign of great quality programming we have on this show. Mm-hmm. I couldn't remember if we've talked about possum facts or not on the show. Mm. I had to I had to look back. I don't think we've ever done a full segment on possum facts. We've okay. talked we've talked possums before, never full possum facts. So this is full possum facts right here, Mike. Are you ready? I am so excited. I am okay. so excited, Doc G. Good. I'm very Good. excited to hear these facts. Now, first one. Uh, the possum aficionados probably already know this, but for the non-aficionados, let me tell you, this is going to blow your mind. Opossums, possums, not the same thing, actually. Wait, what? What? Yeah. Now, here in America, hmm. it's all the same, right? We call opossums possums, and that's, that's the deal, but... In Australia, they actually have another animal, completely different animal, called just possum without the O, and it's not an opossum. Word. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. And no that offense to our opossums, the possums from Australia look way better. They, oh. They're cute and fuzzy. They're a little, little rambunctious. And, and surprisingly, seeing as how they're from Australia, they don't kill you either. So that's sweet. Yeah, that's mm. pretty nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. about us. Anyways, <laughs> that's the first fact. But still, Mike, it's okay and it's acceptable to call opossums possums here in America. We accept it. And people in, in Australia actually accept it too. They're like, oh, those crazy Americans. Those crazy those Yanks. Americans. Who who cares? <laughs> Second fact, Mike. Unlike mammals, other mammals, pretty much all of our, our North American mammals who tend to spread ticks, possums don't. Mm -hmm. Instead, they actually suppress tick populations because they eat them. Mm -hmm. Ew. They apparently, according to the National Wildlife Federation, eat up to 5,000 ticks per tick season. Jeez. Oh, tick season. Yeah. <laughs> 5,000 of them, Mike. That's, That's gross. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I appreciate your grossness, possums. Thank you oh, for the yeah, work. Oh, yeah, we do. Thank oh, you yeah. for the work. But it's it's sort of like it's sort of like if the other thing they ate was dog crap that people didn't clean up after their dog. Like, I'd be like, mm -hmm. uh, thanks, Mr. Possum, but keep your distance. 
Keep your... Yeah. I don't want... <laughs> don't need that crap yeah. mouth near me. Like, it's a little bit like, ugh, ugh, ticks, gross. Yeah. There's that yeah, thing, not but, a, uh, did, the dog poop doesn't have Lyme disease in it, so there's that. There is that. <laughs> so we're there, happy. Either one, though, but that's another thing with, with uh, possums, Mike, is that they have a super immune system, these guys. They've got, hmm. apparently, they're immune to all venomous snakes, with the exception of the coral snake, in their territory. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so like they Why come the up to it. They come up to like an eastern timber a timberback rattlesnake and they're like, eh. And so like unlike other all other animals that are scared of these venomous snakes, they just come up to them and they literally eat them. They're like, "Awesome. The snake will bite them." They're like, "Does nothing <laughs> to me." And they just start eating them. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like they've tried scientists have tried to figure out what goes on in possums like get the anti-venom. Haven't really hmm. located it all the way yet, but it's wild. Wild. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Very interesting. Also, this has nothing to do with like the anti-venom, but they also very unlikely, almost impossible for a possum to get rabies. Hmm. Hmm. Their body temperature is so cold, it won't support the virus of rabies. So they hmm. it's 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 basically impossible for them to get rabies. There you go. Like on a regular basis, they're too cold to get rabies. Like yeah. their body temperature is too low. Inhospitable for the virus. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yes. Next. Maybe they're doing some breathing work. Just throwing that out there. That's lowering it. That's all it. I'm say. Yes. Yes. <laughs> lowering it. Obviously. Next possum fact. This one's a weird one, guys. Get ready. The males have a bifurcated penis. Wait, what? Hmm. Yeah. Doc G, you're For gonna have to break that down for us. <laughs> it's it's forked. Ah it's okay. forked. And I, and I love this. This was this is my favorite part about this uh this fact. Apparently when Europeans came to North America hundreds of years ago, uh they were identifying all the wildlife. You know, that's what they did. They went out there with their little notepads and they're like, eh, draw this. Does it, uh, and this 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 bifurcated penis really threw them for a loop. They were just like, what? <laughs> Wait. What it was and apparently they were so confused by it. One group of researchers was like, you know what? Probably don't use that for rep uh, for reproduction. You know what? I'm gonna say they use their nose to impregnate the female. What? And they literally mm. said they use their nose to impregnate. <laughs> I was just science. like off, yeah, <laughs> off of no fat. Just like, well, that looks a little bit more correct. That unless uh, mm -hmm. whatever's going down there on their other side, I don't know what that is. We'll just go ahead and say that doesn't do anything. That's an anomaly. Like that's basically like a third nipple. Anyways, okay, there we go. Like, <laughs> just weird. Um, okay. Uh, next fact, we got two more. Uh, they are extremely smart when it comes to finding food and remembering where it is, Mike. Mm. A lot of, uh, uh, when compared to other animals in a research study, they outscored rats, rabbits, cats, and dogs in the ability to find and remember where the food was. Hmm. Mm. I love how in the synopsis of the research, though, they go out of their way to be like, but not humans. Huh? 
did anybody think that possums were out searching humans? Like I was going to get my order at Chipotle and I was like, oh, d possum beat me here. God, he is tricky. <laughs> Knew how to get here before me. <laughs> or doctor, you just go to Chipotle based on your smell. You could just smell and drive there. <laughs> Somewhere it's down. It's about a, it's a mile down the road. Oh, the possum beat me here. It's good. It's good. I will say it does smell pretty good from far away. Chipotle's. You can usually yeah. catch that. Oh, yeah. That oil they're cooking with. I'm like, oh yeah. I know, yeah. even early in the morning when it's just the beans and the rice that they're cooking, I'm like, mm. They're doing that on purpose. They're shooting oh, that yeah. out into the the, air, the, the air for Get, us to smell. Getting that What's exhaust that? fume coming yeah. out, yeah. All right, Mike, this, I I didn't order these right. I, this fact's not the best, the last oh. one, but I'll give you the last one. Here it is, last possum fact. Possums tend to live near water, which now makes sense while they're not in Nevada. That would mm. make a lot yeah. of sense. Uh, a lot of times, if they're being hunted by predators, they'll just hop in the water, swim away. Apparently, they're mm. pretty great swimmers. That's but good. there's actually a whole other species of possum in South America that are actually called the water possum. Uh, their local name is called the Yapoke, I think. Y-A-P-O-K. Yapoke. Mm. And they've mm. got webbed feet. Ooh. Yeah. It's handy in the water. <laughs> yeah. Mike, are you happy with those possum facts? Yes, I am. Thank you, Doc G. We, The whole audience appreciates you. Is your stand-up going us... to be 100% possum-related from now on? I might have to throw in a possum joke now, Doc G. I might have to write a possum joke. You wrote a possum. You wrote possum facts for the show. I'm going to write a possum joke for my yes. stand-up. Yes. <laughs> Now that we have rectified our possum quandaries, are you ready to fire up the show? It's fired up, Doc G. I'm ready. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Mike, we have a fantastic show. We have a great band, the Vista Kicks. I think I've already mentioned earlier, uh, last week, they're opening for the Rolling Stones here in a week and a half. For the Huge. That's a fact. Rolling Stones 60th anniversary. Very excited to have these guys on the show. They've got a new EP out. Sorry, Charlie. We're going to talk about the EP. We're going to talk about the Rolling Stones. But first, we need to start where we start. The birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. That is correct, uh, Mike. Hmm. I think you got this first one. There you okay. go, this first one. Uh, if I recall, I'm going to give you a two out of three today. That's what I'm saying. I'm cool. calling a two out of three. Um, born on June 15, 1969 in Los Angeles, California, our birthday suit wearer started rapping at a young age uh, in grade school when his friend Kiddo challenged him to a rap-off in a typewriting mm. class. He continued to rap. Yeah. <laughs> I just, uh, man, it is. There's something satisfying about riding on an old school typewriter. Uh, yeah. Although sure. you, you got to build up your finger strength. Like those old mm -hmm. school ones, it's hard to oh, press yeah. down those keys, man. 
It's you got to make some effort for sure. Sort of like an old school piano compared to like a keyboard, you know, a keyboard. Mm-hmm. You don't they just barely even touch it. It goes down. Then a keyboard you're, yeah. or a piano. You're like, good Lord. What do I need a <laughs> hammer to bring this thing down? Jeez. Yes. Anyways, I got sidetracked. Uh, he continued to rap and in 1986 joined a rap group called N.W.A. With Dr. Dre, Easy E, Ayella, and MC Ren. Nope, the person that I did not mention. Before they <laughs> released any music, our birthday suit wearer, this is one thing I didn't know, went to the Phoenix Institute of Technology and earned a degree in architectural drafting. Mm. Wow. In 1988, he continued with N.W.A. They released their first single, Boys in the Hood, which he completely wrote himself. He left the group in 1990 because he didn't feel he was getting fairly compensated. He went solo and released his first album, America's Most Wanted. His second album was released in 1991, Death Certificate. Then in 1992, he released Predator, which had one of his most famous songs of all time, It Was a Good Day. He then released Lethal Injection in 1993, which even though it wasn't that popular, Mike, that was one of my favorites of his. Uh, it had Bop Gun, which is one of my favorite songs of all the time of all time, and also, um, uh, it, um, you know how we how we do. Oh, good jam, good jam. Anyways, uh, where? Oh yeah. After this album, he started focusing more on movies. In 1991, he appeared in his first major role as Doughboy in Boys in the Hood. He then wrote and starred in the movie Friday. Later in the 2000s, he started playing in more and more comedies like 21 Jump Street, Are We There Yet, Ride Along, and many others. Later in 2017, he launched the Big Three Basketball League. Name that birthday suit wearer. Star of Anaconda, Ice Cube. Yes! I did leave out Anaconda, folks. Come on, Doc G. A classic of Ice Cube and Jennifer Lopez. And are there any other big names in there? I can't. Uh, Angelina Jolie's dad. Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. The the old. Yeah. mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Man. Such believable snakes in that movie. Am I right? (laughs) My gosh. Yeah. Especially now you go back and watch it and you're just like, what the hell? There's a big what cartoon the snake coming in here. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anyways, Ice Cube uh, turning, let's see, uh, 53. 53 for Ice. Mm. Not bad. Nice. Not bad. Yeah. You know, look, looking good for 53 there. Looking good. Yeah, he's got a lot. Uh, he's got a lot done. And apparently big three basketball leagues. Uh, we started out hot on that on the show, Mike. I was uh, I was all into it, but I got to be honest. It really the games didn't draw me in that much. Nope. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not it's not horrible, but like it's just not NBA basketball. Like I'm just like, nah, yeah. Why, like, Doc G? What what's going on? What what is the what's your uh, what's your problem with it? Or not problem, but why yeah, why aren't you drawn it's, in? It's just there's just not a like a, it's it's more of just like a hangout. Like if I were like, ah, it's it's more you. like if I were going to the park and just watch some people play pickup. That's sort of what I feel like it is. Like, 
you know, there's not like this like do or die competition. Plus, it's a lot of the older guys, so it's just sort of like, I can still ball. You don't think I can ball? Watch me ball. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, like, I was hoping it would be, like, old dudes, but, like, college style. Like, they were just going at it, you know? But anyways, I still support it, regardless. I don't, That's right. I don't mm-hmm. watch it that much, but I'll still support it. It's good. It's nice. And it's actually got some people back into the NBA before. Like, you know, some of the people that were in the, the big three kept it going to big three, and then they got signed back into the uh, in the NBA. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. thought those guys were, like, way too old to be I'll in fo- the NBA. I'll follow up. I'll let you know who it is. I know it's happened once, so I'll, I'll let you know who's done it. Anywho, happy birthday to Ice Cube. Mike, are you ready to rip some headlines? Yeah, what's going on? What's happening in the world, Doc G? It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Florida first. Florida first. Florida first. Uh, (laughs) We're going to head down to Sarasota, where a man was walking on a paved path. wasn't a sidewalk. It was like a little trail sort of deal uh, near Mm -hmm. Warm Mineral Springs Hotel. Around 12.30 a.m. So he was taking a late midnight stroll. The 49-year-old man told police he heard something moving in the bushes. Mm. It was moving pretty fast towards him, but he said it appeared to be a dog with a long leash on it, so it didn't move out of the way. Word. That's when an alligator bit him on the leg. Wait, what? It was an alligator, Mike. And the alligator tore off a piece of the man's leg before he was able to run off and get help. Uh, Florida Wildlife Control was called in. They found a seven-foot, one-inch alligator that they moved off the premise. That was the alligator. Now, Hmm. uh, number one, Mike, my first question would be, what person with the power of sight confuses a dog with a seven-foot <laughs> alligator. Like, come on. I have yeah, never I seen know. an alligator and thought, you know what? Kind of looks like Lassie. Am I right? <laughs> Dinosaur, yes. Dog, no. Like, that just, no. Also, next question. It's almost one in the morning. You hear yeah. something rustling in the shrubs, and you're like, nah, should be fine. Like, I don't care if it's a squirrel. I'm jumping 15 (laughs) feet away from that thing, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We're in Florida. Come on. Who knows what's in there? Yeah. Yeah. It's just a guy on meth. meth. (laughs) I was about to say, it could be a meth dealer. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, no. Uh, Lastly... I will uh, also like to point out, Mike, as you recall, because we do love animals on this show, I gave you the facts about uh, alligator attacks. So true. And with that information, I will say, keep in mind, listeners, that dog attacks are way more common than alligator attacks. So Mm -hmm. if that guy thought it was a dog, he should have gotten away from those bushes anyways. That was the wrong step. The alligator, that was just a random lottery that he won of getting bit by Mm -hmm. an alligator. Way to win that lottery, buddy. 
And uh, good luck on <laughs> half your leg growing back. It's all right. He's doing fine. He had minimal minimal wounds, guys. Minimal wounds. Um, I'm sure I would not say that if I was him. I'd be here right now being like, Mike, it's the worst thing ever. You do not know how bad my leg is right now. Uh, Mike, we're going to keep it in Florida. We're going to go to the East Coast, Hollandale Beach. Uh, Dwayne Wilkinson reported his motorcycle stolen from his apartment complex at the end of last week. Uh, mm. The next day, he was positive that he saw it on the back of a U-Haul truck. He told police it was the exact motorcycle cover he had down to the detail. So what do you think Dwayne did, Mike? Hmm. Uh, stole it. <laughs> stole it back. <laughs> uh, close. Instead of telling police, uh, you know, automatically about the situation, Dwayne decided he would steal a Mercedes because he didn't have a, a motorcycle to drive after this thing. He would steal a Mercedes from the parking lot of his apartment complex, speed after the U-Haul. Force them to pull over, pull out his gun that he's not legally able to carry himself, and fire upon the two people in the U-Haul. Yeah, that's how you do it. That's how you get your stuff back. <laughs> yeah. Apparently not too surprising, Dwayne was arrested on several charges. Yeah. <laughs> that's a fact. Several charges. Several charges. Mm -hmm. He told police he was not intending to hurt the occupants of a U-Haul, but wanted to make a citizen's arrest. Hmm. Citizen's arrest. Citizen's arrest. First <laughs> off, Mike, um, just for the folks out there that don't know, uh, when you have a gun, even if you're not intending to hurt people, your risk of that happening greatly increases dramatically mm -hmm. increases just uh mm -hmm. just to throw that out there second of all how is it possible to make that many bad mistakes in such a short amount of time mm. like so many wrong <laughs> turns in such a short amount of time after this story mike i've decided i want to make a hotline i i want to make a hot long like like called something like Avoid something dumb with Doc G Hotline. Sweet. You know? And the yeah. goal of the hotline is obviously to help people from making totally unnecessary in their lives. You know? Yes, Doc G. Give me your number immediately. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, Dwayne would call up and he'd be like, hey, I just saw a U-Haul taking off and I'm sure it's my bike that was stolen yesterday. And I'd be like, um, how did you know it was your bike? And he'd be like, it had the same motorcycle cover. And I'd be like, isn't it possible that maybe that company made more than one cover? I mean, there's, there's probably more than one. I'm just saying, Dwayne. And he'd be like, no, I'm positive it's mine. I'm going to steal a car and take my illegal gun down there and make a citizen's arrest. And then I could be like, Dwayne, I've only known you for the last minute. But I'm going to say you're a lot smarter than that. Yes! What you just mentioned is about 47 crimes in one sentence. So I'm going to mm -hmm. recommend 
Instead of doing that, maybe call the police and report it. And then, instead of stealing that car, maybe just research possum facts with your friends. You know? True. Much lower chance of you being arrested. You know what? In fact, if you don't want to look up the possum facts yourself, you can just listen to my show. You can kick mm. back, listen to possum facts without moving a muscle, and not get arrested. You know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, basically, in case you didn't notice, listeners, also the hotline will uh, boil down to me um, endorsing my own show. Basically, it'll just be a commercial <laughs> for the show. Hey, you know what That's would be better enough, than G. doing that? Listen to the show. How about that? How about that? All right, I'll see you later. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Bye. Okay. Okay. Um, Mike, uh, I don't know if we have anybody listening to the show right now that's been walking around thinking, I don't think elephants are that hardcore. Hmm. You think anybody's out there thinking that right now? I hope not. I hope not, because they're powerful animals. They're very powerful. I'm going to prove that. <laughs> I'm going to prove that with the next, the next title here. They will reconsider their walking thoughts after they hear this title. Here it is. Quote, Elephant kills woman, then returns to funeral... And tramples corpse. Mmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Savagery. What the f- did this lady do to that elephant? Like, this elephant turned into Rambo. Like, that is... Good lord. I mean, if this were like a, ty- a tiger, I don't think that would surprise anybody, right? Like, mm, you know. Nah. If you if if I replaced elephant with tiger, tiger kills woman then returns to funeral and tramples corpse, you'd be like, yeah, ruthless tigers, right? Yeah. But because Murders. it's an elephant, I mean, every I feel like you're like this lady had to do something to that elephant's t- family. Like yeah, this elephant, for sure. Like this lady had like it's it's like your big friend, you know, like your friend that's like six seven. And just a massive dude, but he wouldn't hurt yep. a fly. And nope. then all of a sudden, you see that guy just beating the crap out of somebody, and you're like, "That person had to do something." That was, yeah. That is, <laughs> I don't know what got Gary going like that, but Gary doesn't normally do that. Sort of. This elephant is Gary. I don't, mm-hmm. don't know what happened. I mean, I am not siding on the elephant side. I need to hear all the facks, but something went wrong here. Something went very wrong. Yeah. Anyways, Mike. Something went very wrong. (laughs) We are going to take a break. We are going to be right back after this. We are going to hear from our guest, the Vista Kicks, right here on the Doc G Show. Stop, Jack. Put it in the bag. Get me out of here. I can't believe that it's almost been a year You should see it from my point of view Day by day is all you gotta do
up the world on a string or it's hanging by a thread please don't tell me how it's gonna end you should see it from my point of view day by Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Listeners, do yourself a favor. Think back to about 30 minutes ago when we told you the most interesting possum facts you have heard in your lifetime. I will ask you to put those possum facts up against any other possum facts you have heard. I mean... They were great facts. Bifurcated penis? Come on. Have you heard that before? Yeah. I'm betting you haven't. Nope. Now, Never heard that. Think that and think, how great would it be if I could hear that every week? Hmm. If I could hear something to mm-hmm. that level of programming every week. And you can, listeners, if you subscribe to the show. Well, now, listeners, I put on the website, www.doc.g. Uh, show.com uh if you go to the website one i rearranged it a little bit so that the shows are closer to the top you basically got me and mike at the top and then the shows are next and then right Mm -hmm. below the shows is a link to the apple podcast and you can go right to the apple podcast and boom subscribe on the apple podcast and guess what give us five stars you can do that and i literally put a caption give us give us five stars so follow the caption (laughs) Give us five stars, uh, and we will be very appreciative, and we will continue to give you all the possum facts you can handle. All of them. All of them. Mm -hmm. Mike, uh, we need to uh, thank the regulars. So We do. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Gainesville, Florida, Radford, Virginia, Ashburn, Virginia, Frankfurt, Minnesota. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm going to have to restart. I, I fumbled right there, guys. Frankfurt. I tried to say Frankfurt, Minnesota. Girl, come what what on. is that? There could be a Frankfurt, Minnesota. I don't know if there <laughs> is, but they don't listen to the show. I'm starting at the top. Here we go. Shout out. 
Shout out to Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Gainesville, Florida, Radford, Virginia, Ashburn, Virginia, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Piracai, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Genoa, Italy, Peoria, Illinois, Barcelona, Spain, Winfield, West Virginia, Sao Paulo, Brazil, Biloxi, Mississippi, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Richardson, Texas, Katy, Texas, Tom's River, New Jersey. There we go. Tom's River. I had I had a little bit of a fall on my face. That was a false start, Mike. That was the first hurdle, and I just flopped okay. on it. It's okay. It's all right. Um, it's all good. Mike, fun fact about one of our regular listening spots, Tulsa, uh, Tulsa Oklahoma. Uh, our guest next week, Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's where they're from. There you go. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. The band Will Dorado. We're going to be talking to their lead singer. Uh, I know I normally tell you guys this at the end, but guess what? I'm going to tell you again at the end as well. They're from Tulsa. <laughs> so there we go. There we go. So hopefully cool. our cool, cool. our regulars from Tulsa will be even more jazzed to hear a hometown hero on the show. Um, yeah. All right, Mike. Semi-regulars. Here we go. Shout out to Los Angeles, California, Fernandina Beach, uh, Florida, Olivia Branch, Mississippi, Georgetown, Texas, London, United Kingdom, Crawfordsville, Indiana, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, Simpsonville, South Carolina, Stevensonville, Montana, Tampa, Florida, Texarkana, Texas, Melbourne, Australia, New Orleans, Louisiana, Edwards, Colorado, Tucson, Arizona, Boston, Massachusetts, Chauncey, Georgia, Asheville, North Carolina, Gulf uh, Port, Mississippi, and Hilton Head, South Carolina. There we go. There we go. Cool, cool, cool. Mike, we're getting close. Olive Branch, Mississippi, and Gulfport. They're getting close. Two more weeks, we're putting them on the regulars. They're going right up there with Biloxi. Yeah. Taking over go. Mississippi. If Mississippi, yeah, we are. I will tell you this right now, Mississippi. I've made a couple of these bold claims in the past. They've never came to fruition. But I'll tell you right now. <laughs> If you guys out-listen Florida, if you out-listen Florida, hmm. we will then become Mississippi's number one fan. We will no longer make fun of Mississippi in... Well, no, I can't make that claim. We'll continue to make fun of you a yeah, little bit. No, no, no. A little bit. Yeah, for sure. But we will support Mississippi. you. We will support <laughs> you hard. And you know what, Mike? Live show. Mississippi. Yeah. Live show. We'll, Pops Po Boys. We'll go three. Uh, well, Pops is in Louisiana. We'll stop there and then we'll come back. Ah, uh, come on. My bad, Doc. Yeah, uh, it's I'm all sorry, right. Mississippi. Yeah, <laughs> next state over. We're okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll have a live show. We'll have a live show in Olive Branch. We'll have a live show in Gulfport. We'll have a live show in Biloxi. We'll go all the way. I mean, yeah. Gulfport and Biloxi, that's nice. That's on the coast. That's living pretty right there. That's yeah. nice. Again, I still haven't looked up where Olive Branch is, so I, I'll, I'll look it up. I'll look <laughs> it up, Olive Branch, and regardless of where you are in the state, we'll come. So true. We'll be there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we'll anyways, Mike, uh, thanks to everybody that listens. We definitely appreciate it. Um, Mike, I uh, got two stories need to uh, need to get through here. The first one, I've got some bad news for anybody out there who is planning on going to Hidden Valley Vila Camp. Hmm. Hidden Valley Vila Camp in California. Hmm. Um, it's not happening this summer. Normally about 900 campers go to Hidden Vila Community uh, where they can camp. They can go on hiking trails. They can even farm. Uh, the land and the building okay. structures were once owned by Frank... And Josephine Duvenick. 
they owned it back in the early 1900s. The campus canceled this summer because a bunch of camp counselors resigned. Uh, the reason a bunch of camp counselors resigned is because some of the buildings had artistic tiles that had swastikas on them. Huh? Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, now, 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 listeners, it's not <laughs> as bad as it sounds. I know you're like, swastika camp. That's not good. It's not that bad. Okay, apparently, back in the day when Frank and Josephine honeymooned, in Asia in 1913, they brought back a bunch of these artistic tiles with lotuses and Buddha symbols, and a couple of them had swastikas on them because that was actually from Asian culture. It wasn't until much yeah. after they hung the tiles that the symbol was appropriated by the Nazi party after the First World War to represent mm. white supremacy. Yeah. 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 They ruined yeah. it. They ruined exactly. the symbol. Exactly. And they the, the camp held a meeting and decided to remove the symbols from public view on Monday, and they were gone by Tuesday. But all the counselors had already resigned on Sunday, so it didn't really matter. Mm. And they were already gone. Mm. Uh, now, I will also say in the uh, news article, Mike, uh, they really focus on the swastikas, but apparently some other folks in the camp were saying there was some institutional racism going on in ca the camp structure, and there was lack of support for staff on many other issues. So, doesn't seem like the swastikas were the only thing, but that's what the, the article focused on. Yeah. Now, a couple of things I want to point out about that, Mike. Um, first off, you're telling me that the that World War II ended 77 years ago, and it took till now for somebody to be like, hey, wait a wait a wait a second. Anybody notice these? These seem a little out of place. Like, come on, doesn't that seem a little bit weird, Mike? I mean, yeah, it you does. know, took a while, you know. Uh, like, for instance, Mike, Alan McInnes said, quote, I'm saddened to hear the, this news and the reason behind it. I was a camper in the 1960s. The camps were incredibly diverse and inclusive then. I was exposed to a number of children of different ethnic and social backgrounds that I would have never experienced otherwise. It helped broaden my young developing mind. Hmm. Which is nice, Mike. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like, yeah. none of the kids you were hanging out were like, hey, you know, that tile <laughs> sort of reminds me of history class. I think something like like 15 years ago, something pretty dramatic happened with one of those. Like, or at least <laughs> even one of the counselors. Like, you'd think one of the counselors would be like, yeah, that's that's not going to take that down. Like... <laughs> Bob Pang, I'm not exactly sure who Bob Pang is, but he said, quote, Nazism co-opted the swastika as a symbol of evil and is taken away from Asian cultures. The decision to take down these tiles may or may not have been correct. I personally feel like this was an opportunity to explain the deeply religious and spiritual history of this symbol to campers and to help erase the negative stigma associated with it. Maybe this was not possible. Hmm. Bob, let me answer this one for you. Taking them down was correct. 
And no, erasing the stigma is not possible. So there you go. Uh, Bob, Yeah. I consider myself an analogy man. So true. I can usually make a pretty good analogy, Mike. Uh, so let me try to make one for Bob here. I'm going to make an analogy for him. Okay. Bob, let's say you're a mechanic. And as a mechanic, you have a favorite wrench. You love that wrench. Smooth action. It's torque. It just fits perfectly on everything. Sweet. Now, let's say that wrench uh, is stolen by someone and they beat to death your grandma with that wrench. Wait, what? Are you going to go right back to loving that wrench after you get it back? Nope. Probably not, right? Uh, wrench is ruined a yeah. little bit, right? The swastika is mm -hmm. the wrench, Mike. The swastika is the wrench. Mm -hmm. Do you see how that works? Yeah. think it's a pretty good analogy. Am yeah. I right? I I think so, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah, for sure. The uh yeah. Swastika wrench. Yeah. Mike. Grandma. Um, Swastika wrench. <laughs> we've got to head up to Pennsylvania because a dude was arrested uh, at an airport uh, for one of, and he used one of my favorite excuses of all time. So, dude was arrested at an airport for using a fake $100 bill uh, when trying to buy a beer. This was in the Arnold Palmer Airport. The man walked up to the uh, checkout counter, gave him the bill. The cashier was putting it into the register when he noticed that the bill said, for motion picture use only. Hmm. And that keyed him off that this was probably fake. He then called the police. When the police went to arrest the man, he told the police that, quote, these pants he's wearing are not his. <laughs> And he found the $100 bill in the pocket, so he decided, eh, give it a shot. I'll try using it. Mm hmm I don't know, Mike. I, I, I don't know. Hilarious. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm not wearing enough other people's pants. But this always, <clears throat> since I first watched an episode of Cops, has always just seemed like the most ridiculous answer to them finding something in your pockets I have ever heard. <laughs> and then, like, on top of that, so you're supposedly in a friend's pair of pants, because I'm assuming you'd only take your friend's pair of pants like you wouldn't take an enemy's pair of pants. You're in a friend's right. pair of pants. You find a $100 <laughs> bill, and instead of being like, whoa, Frank left $100 in his pocket, you're like, well, I better spend it. Huh? Like... <laughs> I mean, if you're not going to be arrested for counterfeits, I feel like you should be arrested for stealing a hundred bucks from your friend. Like, doesn't make much sense to me that you know you're. Oh, a hundred dollars. Well, I might as well spend this before Frank finds out that he lost his hundred dollars. <laughs> like, it's just not any good, Mike. Not. It's like, oh, this is fake money, and I should probably get rid of this before he gets in trouble. Exactly. For it. Let's see what. Let's see how fast <laughs> I can get rid. Oh, I missed the giant four motion picture only. Oh. <laughs> Officer, I was filming a video in my friend's pants. These are I my. Thought, I thought uh... horrible, horrible. Anyways, Mike. We are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than the Vista Kicks right here on the Doc G Show.
95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. The Doc G Show. Because sometimes you need something playing in the background. Every Wednesday at 7 p.m. on 99.5 FM, Spinnaker. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are very happy to welcome Derek and Nolan from the Vista Kicks, who have a new EP out, Sorry Charlie, available everywhere. You should go stream it now. Fellas, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Doing good. Doing good. I think the first thing we need to mention, uh, in less than a week and a half, you're going to be supporting the Rolling Stones on their 60th anniversary 60th 6-0 i did i did some research guys less than one percent of marriages make it to the 60th anniversary and since since uh rolling stones are a band i'm guessing there's like a point zero 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 one percent chance of a band making it to 60th anniversary <laughs> since i think they're the only ones that i know that have made it yeah. to a 60th anniversary <laughs> Now, you guys have already supported uh, the Stones before, uh, just back in 2019. Uh, Derek, what, what was it like that time, uh, you know, the, the first time, obviously, supporting them in 2019 at uh, Levi Stadium? Uh, well, it just about as unbelievable as it is now. Um, that was, yeah, Levi, it was in Santa Clara, which is up Northern California where we're from. We're from a town outside of uh, Sacramento called Roseville. Mm -hmm. Nolan and I have grown up together, known each other since we were five years old. So we're already working on 22 years of, uh, you know, being married. I don't know if you can count that in the anniversary years, though. That's, I I don't know. It it has to to be, and you can't even count the... You can't even count the babe years at the start because that was a different name. So it has to be Vista Kick years is the anniversary year. So that's uh, we're at like what <laughs> six years, seven? Yeah, we're 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 at seven, almost eight. Okay, fifty-two to go. Fifty-two to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was the way I've explained it because the other way I can't explain it is like it was like walking into a dream, and. Like, it still looks the same in my head as it hasn't changed. It's just like we're walking into the thing on the stage and then the thing happened, played our set, and we came off. I don't really remember after other than going out to the audience and watching the Stones. Yeah. And they were just incredible. And they had Charlie and, uh, you know, Ronnie and Keith and Mick and just like, seeing them be more high energy than any band any band mm-hmm. like they they kick than than anybody and they're in their 70s and it you wouldn't you wouldn't believe it and actually when we got the the news for that um it was supposed to be in may and it ended up being in like september or august mm-hmm. it ended up being in august because we got the news and we were so excited we went home we went and um 
celebrated with our families. We we all got together at a bar and <laughs> it was like, <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> and then Mick had to get open heart surgery. Oh, and and they had to postpone it. And we were like, oh God, like no way, like yeah. this is, you know. Of course, this. Of course, it was. It would never really happen. And then he got the open heart surgery. Was fine within like a month, and better than ever. You know, <laughs> came back and, and we we did the show. We thought for a second there we lost it. <laughs> Only person more durable than than Mick Jagger is Keith Richards. So uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Crazy man, open heart surgery, and he's back on stage, zigzagging and jumping around, and just, oh yeah, just a couple of um, of days. Crazy. Now I heard uh, you got the gig because their manager Joyce Smith saw you guys perform in the United Kingdom, and like she just came up, announced herself to you guys, like, hey, so I manage the Rolling Stones. Like I got it. <laughs> I gotta add, Nolan, did you think she was, like, insane when she came up to you guys? Because I would think she was probably just a crazy lady trying to mix it up with the band. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it was just, <laughs> How? she's really, she's, she's fantastic. Such a cool, amazing, nice person, and she's, she's awesome. How long did it take, like, for you guys to really, I mean, did you did you guys believe initially, like, as soon as she said, like, oh, my God, like, or did, did she verify, like, did she have a picture of her and the stones, like, this is me, them, <laughs> here I am, like, what? No, so our, our now promoter, or, or I'm sorry, our now manager is her son. Mm. At the time, we were supporting, we were on a, a support tour for the Kooks, mm -hmm. and he was the promoter for that, and... He brought Joyce to the show, and so we knew that that it was legit. You know, she wasn't just some some person who came to was did, like, "Hey, I managed the Stones," and we're like, "Yeah, and I managed." Did you, <laughs> you know, know? Did you know that before the show, like that she came to? We, we, yeah, we knew that before the show that she was. She oh, was maybe that's, gonna make it. that's some pressure. And yeah, and and she she loved it. Said it was great. Said she put us in the hat, and we were kind of like. <laughs> mm -hmm. like sure like great you yeah know? <laughs> um but yeah and then it, the months after that we had sort of gotten a phone call every three months or something because each band member would approve um the support act yeah it's such a it's such a huge honor yeah you know they want to make sure it's going to the right place and um we'd get a call like yeah ronnie wood likes it you know and we'd be like <laughs> like that's a big thing, you know. And each one, and uh, so it was just like a, a, you know, every few months we'd 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 get another yes or a no uh, or a like doesn't really have an opinion on this one or, um, you know, Mick. I remember the, the, the Jagger one was like he doesn't hate it, and we're like ah, he doesn't hate it. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's always a good reaction. Yeah, I mean you know. Yeah. I remember that being said, but I don't. I mean, that could be totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we we had another band on the show. It was actually now almost two years ago. We had Bishop Gunn on the show that also got to open for the Stones on the same tour in Houston, like literally just like two weeks before you guys did. And uh, 
you know, I noticed you guys took a, a group pick with the Stones. You all had, you know, you had the group pick there. And they actually had a story where they were talking about doing that with the band. And as soon as they got into sort of the group photo, they finished taking the group photo, and Mick turns around to uh, their lead singer, and he was like, you are sweaty. Ugh. And he was just so <laughs> disgusted by how sweaty he was uh, on stage. Did you have any? Did you have any weird interactions like that with the uh, with the Stones? I don't think it was it was it was weird like that. It was they do take the photo after like right before they go on, and after you have performed. Yeah. So um, chances are we were sweaty. They didn't say anything about it. Nice. We kind of just froze. We you know like uh, I I replay that in my mind and I think. <laughs> Man, could have had a cool conversation. Didn't say a <laughs> thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, like just we it, love you. You know, it uh, was uh, yeah. It it was a Wayne's World moment. Uh, we're not worthy moment. We're and not then, worthy. Yeah, exactly. Like if you uh, did you even? Because I, I was thinking about that. Like it's it's got to be a weird. Like you said, it's got to be a weird time to ask or 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 talk about anything. I'm guessing you didn't like ask them for their autograph because that'd be weird but i'd want to ask them for their autograph <laughs> yeah didn't nah uh, it was a, it's a no yeah kind of thing. yeah yeah that's yeah, it's too it's too <laughs> it's too not cool to do but i don't know i feel like i would be the guy i wouldn't do it but i'd be trying to talk somebody else i knew into doing it like <laughs> like your guitar tech i'd be over there like you should probably Go up to Mick and just have him sign this, maybe? I don't know. Just go ahead and try it. Let's see if it happens. <laughs> uh, just sort of looking out, hoping that it's going to happen. Um, now, if I hop in the Wayback Machine and I find uh, those fellas that were jamming on, on crooner tunes and soul music back in Roseville back in 2012, and, and I tell them... They're going to be open for the Rolling Stones. If I find you, Derek, out there, you know, singing Nina Simone, uh, what would you say? Would you say? Would you, like would the would the 2012 you be like? Yeah, sounds about right. Or would it be like what? No way. It would definitely be the second one. <laughs> it's, I still don't believe it. <laughs> and it's it, and it's happening again. And I just like really. <laughs> well, now. You guys, I mean, I mentioned it. You guys started when you first started playing, and you can you can go down, uh, so to speak, the internet rabbit hole and find those videos still out there. You guys started playing real sort of old school soul music: Frank Sinatra, Nat King, uh, Nina Simone, Sam Cooke. Uh, like you guys were looking and sounding like in those videos, sort of like you were going to play at an upscale. Italian restaurant on a Friday night. Did did we you? Thought we were doing. <laughs> Not a lot. That's exactly. What we're doing. <laughs> That's exactly. That was that was about as high as our goals had had been set. You know, <laughs> if we could play this restaurant, we could probably eat there for free. Mm. <laughs> That's exactly. It. <laughs> and we did. Uh, if it's an upscale Italian restaurant, it's sort of worth it to me. So you know, I take I'll take some Italian. Uh, would. <laughs> When you when you guys did that when you originally started out with that were I mean were you all in on sort of the 
the crooner sort of soul style, a little bit more R&B, a little bit more jazz sort of thing. And then you evolved more towards rock as you went, or was that just like like basically the opportunities of playing at those places? That's what they wanted to hear. Well, um, so rock is like a foundation for all of us. Yeah, you know, um, and it, it, we all grew up on it. And and for myself, like uh, Sinatra and Sam Cooke and Otis Redding were the singers that I really loved. And when I finally um, wanted to sing because like Nolan had been playing for years doing blues and, and all kinds of stuff uh, and he actually wanted me to sing in his band and I came over and I got too nervous and I didn't I just wouldn't go in the garage he thought I hated him but <laughs> I was just too scared I was like I was like oh, I, can't, I can't do it guys <laughs> and um, so then like a few years later um sinatra's voice was lower and it was easier for me to sing i kind of like figured out the whole diaphragm thing and um wanted to sing that and so him and and sam and i would, would rehearse in his garage and just start singing that that music because um the, the guitar player sam he he was great on jazz and the, nolan and him were in jazz band together and uh, we all went to all the same schools the, the whole life together. Um, so I, it, it was it was funny too because Nolan and I had known each other for so long, but it, and music had just kind of like kept tying us together at these different points and these different um, like styles of music as well. The, the restaurants was the place to go with the music. I think the the music was definitely first. It was mm -hmm. like, oh, we're gonna. We were gonna do this, and we were definitely the only ones doing it um, in our age group. You know, it was like yeah. fifteen to seventeen playing, <laughs> you know, restaurants, and like the only people we can get to our shows were our parents and their friends. You know, <laughs> and some other folks. And and I, I tell you, as far as like Sinatra trivia, we got it all. <laughs> uh, every night there'd be some old man. Oh yeah. Old lady, would be like you know you want to hear about sinatra you know and then they'd start telling us all these stories that they had heard from you're like from no time no we just want to sing him we don't so want to hear the truth <laughs> singing the sinatra let me tell you something about sinatra you know <laughs> <laughs> i i saw that in in uh in in real time one time when i wasn't even it was uh i was at a restaurant this girl was wearing a uh um, Janis Joplin, there we go. Uh, she's wearing a Janis Joplin shirt, and this lady who's like probably like 70 walks up to her, and she was just like, Quick, three favorite Janis Joplin songs, give them to me now. And the, the girl was like, I, 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 Bobby McGee, and she's like, Not, not a real fan, you need to take that shirt off. And I was just like, Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, that got serious real quick. Real quick. <laughs> I used to do that in middle school. People would wear like a Led Zeppelin shirt or, or a Metallica shirt or some kind of you know, classic rock shirt. I'd be like, you name three songs? You even like them? <laughs> it's, you know? it's, it's, I've, I've it's tough now. I got to be honest, like in the retro style, if you go on a, on a, uh, on a college campus, 
there are so many people with Nirvana shirts on that I want to quiz them about Nirvana that I'm like, you do not know enough about Nirvana to wear that shirt. Like, that is... <laughs> Kurt is rolling in his grave, or at least half of him is, for you wearing that shirt. Like, it's just... Uh, <laughs> It's yeah, it's crazy. But I, I, uh, you mentioned Sam Cook, and uh, yeah, that's no easy task. Sam is definitely a lot harder than uh, than Frank as far as singing. And it's no secret to listeners, Sam Cook is my favorite singer of all time too. Uh, Say it, yeah. I, I, I love him. Like I, I mean, he's he's just so good. He's so to me. I always tell people, it's like you know, you've got those Otis Redding type singers that put everything into it you can feel their engine revving but like right. with sam he doesn't even need to rev the engine it's so strong it, it's yeah effortless. it's it just, it's just butter it's it's amazing to me like i was so angry at rolling stone for not putting him at number one i mean i i get it uh aretha franklin's amazing singer but come on oh yeah that yeah but the 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 reason I uh, the reason I was arguing that they still need to put Sam over Aretha Franklin was uh, Aretha Franklin always said all she was trying to do was be the female version of Sam Cooke, and I'm like, come on, well then put Sam number one. Come on now. Yeah, and then some. I mean, I'm I'm kind of tied between the two as well. <laughs> they, it, it, I mean, it's yeah, yeah. The 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 harder one that they had on the list, they had Bob Dylan on the on the best singers of all time, and I was like, hey, listen. Bob Dylan's amazing singing ability is not one of the things that he blows people away. Uh, uniqueness, yes. I would say his conviction and performance yeah. are of the same ilk of, of Aretha and Sam in like the way that he like 100% dives in and like gives it his all. And it's like not in a way that's like, uh, you know, stereotypically beautiful. Yeah, but, like he, he authenticity. Yes, I'll give him authenticity. Yeah. But like, you know, I feel like that list was just a list of like, well, it was supposed to be a list of just like talent on singing. And I was like, you know, it's like in, in guitar. Like I felt like guitar list was for like finger jockeys, and you put somebody on there that's not like Eddie Van Halen that can barely, you know strum a chord like they they all they, they do that though for uh, anyways i got derailed on their list their list are ridiculous um anyways <laughs> you guys you guys moved to la and and like we said 2015 around there you literally moved into a one bedroom apartment as a four piece how long did you guys live in that bedroom as a four piece um Nolan, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long it was, but uh, I think it was like almost two years. Wow! I don't know. I think it felt. I think it felt that long. I don't know if it was that long. It was. <laughs> I, I don't know because um, it was three at first, and then Trevor moved down. Uh, he moved in with our downstairs neighbor, who became one of our really good friends. And then when our downstairs neighbor moved out, he moved in with us upstairs. So we, you know. I think it would have been impossible to find a one bedroom that would allow for four 20 year old dudes to move in together. Um, but we got one who said yes to three and then we just snuck the other one in, you know, it just sort of, we did the like two hobbits at a time kind of thing. 
I that's oh man, that is that's some dedication. Like when you when you guys first moved to LA, what were you expecting in your head and what did you get in reality? Well, we we moved to LA because we had gotten a phone call from somebody who lived in LA and I don't even remember who he was, but <laughs> we right. never got a phone call. We didn't know anybody in LA. We we were born and raised in Roseville, California and lived there our entire lives. And so anybody living in LA could possibly know, I don't know, anybody. You know, it's like they're down there. It's everybody lives down there. So um, to us, just having somebody being like, hey, I'm interested in your stuff in LA. You're going to have any shows in LA? We're like, well, we better, we better get on over there. So that's it. Pack everything up. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we like lived in the car for about 10 days trying to get jobs in an apartment. I mean, we literally just moved. Um, day on the calendar. No parachute. No parachute. Um, we all found jobs and we all got on the same schedule three days a week. And if the job didn't allow that, we got a different job. And then um, it was so that our time off was synced up so we could rehearse and and practice and, and, and put everything in it. Um, so things did happen, but they were slower at first than, than we thought. We also had this strange, like we thought it was going to be like in the movie Ray where all these musicians are hanging out and playing and they're the best in the world, you know, and, and, and we didn't find much of a, a, a scene yet. You yeah. know, it was, that was kind of hard to find as well. And still, I mean, there's there's not really a lot of bands that sound like 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 us. Yeah, um, we kind of got our own lane of of things. There's not a lot of suggested bands on Spotify that would I would say like sound like what we sound like. No, even even the ones that have it. Yeah, I mean, like we've had several of the bands that are on the suggested list of you guys, and I mean, they're great bands. But they don't sound like you guys, right? I mean, it, it's it, we're kind of in our own thing, um, and I think that comes from just songwriting and and honoring the song. And when we do that, it it ends up being, oh well, this one's a little more country, or this one's a little more soul, or this one's kind of more rock and roll, and and um, so we we're we're pretty spread out in our our genre. It's hard to it's hard to pin it down. There's a little bit of everything in there. Gotcha, gotcha. But now, uh, one of your first singles uh, after that move uh, to L.A., Marceline, which is still still one of your most popular songs. Like yeah. I, I ask this question all the time to artists because uh, because I love I I love the 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 thought that goes back behind it. But when you recorded that, did you guys look at each other and go, "This one, this one is a banger." Like, or were there other songs that you thought were way better and that one just happened to be it? I think that we, we, um, we released it as a single, so I think we thought highly of it. We knew it had a pretty good chorus and um, some cool production. And um, was that the first single of Chasing Wave? The first single was Mona Lisa, and then the second one was Marceline. But we knew those two were the best. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> that's what we thought was the best on the on that EP. But yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I remember making it and Nolan came into the the one bedroom apartment. He just came in. I, this is what I remember because I'm sitting on the couch and you come in through that 
that like screen door in front of the record player and like was just like I was thinking like a song like Marceline say goodbye I mean Nolan that whole chorus is 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 Nolan he like just you know and then we sat and finished the song nice but now now I like yeah, I, I I was just gonna say yeah the whole recording of of that EP was really fun I just remember that and like after every session. I think Trevor was crashing. Um, we ended. We were living in Alabama. We went and recorded with our friend Sean Stack, um, who was in Sacramento at the time. So we kind of went home. I remember I was crashing at my parents' house, and Trevor was crashing there with me. We go, we go home and listen to Kind of Blue on tape, and get really high after every session. And it was like the perfect cap to recording. <laughs> so it was a fun we experience. All, during that time, uh, all of our parents catered the session so I think I think it was like two weeks and every day it would be a different parent bringing in um, some of our favorite food and that was that was so cool because um, we all got to eat what everybody else grew up on um, and was their kind of favorite dish yeah so fun. a little home cooking I like it I like it yeah well, now you you guys you guys have had LA experiences. I heard um, I heard actually on the 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 next album there uh, for uh, the single "Go uh, Got to Get Away." You ended up you had a you had a version of the song produced by Tommy Lee, which yeah. which is super cool because even even super. though I had zero skill skill and talent when I was playing drums in high school. Tommy was my spirit animal. Like that was the dude. When when I would go out there, I turned into Tommy. Like I had the hair, I had the action. I didn't actually have the chops, but I had it in my head, you know. Because um, he just seems like so much fun. What was it like working with Tommy? It was fantastic. He he is such a high spirited person, you know. And like going in, it was so fun. And he was, it was the first time we'd been in the studio where every time we listened back to the song, no matter where we were in the tracking, it was loud. <laughs> I mean, it was like we were listening back super loud. And uh, it was cool because it was like, yeah, we can hear it, you know, like, <laughs> you know, because that's all we ever want. And, and most engineers, you know, <laughs> you're listening to it all day. You don't want it to be that loud. But I think that the, the, decades of playing stadiums to no in-ears mm -hmm. uh you know has affected like yeah he's got to be loud oh yeah you know it, 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 yeah and he he's got to feel it you know even even tracking in the in the drums you know he's got like a thumper underneath the uh seat so that you could feel the bass mm -hmm. it's got, it, it like vibrates his, he's got a pedal that when it hits the bass drum it vibrates his seat that's... Which is totally wild if yeah. you think about oh, how yeah. used to it he is playing these massive places, you know. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like, yeah. yeah, you're talking about his energy, like that positive energy. Me and my brother always joke about it still. Like, he, you know, love the, the Motley crew behind the music. That was one of those ones that you watch and you're just like, man. I need to be in Motley Crue. Is there a position open? That seems like a good time. 
Like, but in in that in the documentary, he's talking and they're like talking about when they first get there, and he's like, "Oh man, we had gigs on the Sunset Strip, and we were just like putting up flyers with the staple gun, just ka chunk, ka chunk, ka chunk, ka chunk, and we're just like, how are you having that much fun putting up flyers? Flyers? What are you talking about? Like, just but jazz, man, loved it." Favorite memory from that experience was after we were done tracking um, the entire song, we we all smoked a joint and listened to uh, Dr. Dre's The Chronic, and that was just so cool. Oh yeah, the whole thing. Nice. It's, <laughs> it's, it's still still to this day one of my favorite uh, rap albums of all time. The original Chronic. Yeah. You just. So well produced, so different from everything else that was out there at that time when he made that album. All the live instrument tracking on there, all the interplay between funk and hip-hop that just hadn't really existed in 1992 up to that point. It's just insane. And Rat-a-tat-tat and, and nothing but a G-thing and Dre Day, just, ah, ah, such a good album. Such a good album. And then to do it with Tommy Lee... That really takes it over the top. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if you ever listened to this 100%, you know, and he's like, no, I don't think I have. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Brought it a joint. <laughs> Do it again. Here we go. I don't know why that's the thing we landed on, but it was it was great. It hey. Was, uh, really cool. That, that's, a, that's a memory you can take forever right there. Um, yep. Well, now, so the most recent full length that you guys did... Uh, Chateau May May, uh, which was a very different process than the albums before. You go, you, yes. you write with Audra May, uh, who writes all over the, the musical map. Like, when you look at her song titles, song credits, it's crazy. Miranda Lambert, crazy. And Kelly Clarkson, and Little Big Town, and Avicii, and Celine Dion. Like, it was just, it's a, it's a bananas list. How did you start that process? Like, how did that become a thing? And then you guys go to her house and actually write these these songs, get these bare bone ideas of these songs. So, um, when we were on the Twenty Something Nightmare tour, uh, we were going through Nashville, and um, Sam at the time was sick and he couldn't sing for like three shows, and uh, couldn't couldn't get for the fourth one we had a show in memphis after after nashville and so um we sort of asked audra because she was at our show in nashville like hey do you want to come to memphis and 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 sing a couple of songs and she was like sure oh but i got this flight and so she was supposed to leave the next day but she moved her flight so she can come with us to memphis and then that drive in the back, we're like sharing headphones and like just listening to a bunch of, you know, songs. And we were like, God, we got to make a record together at some point. And then like, I don't know, eight months later or something, she hits me up. She's like, you still want to make that record? I was like, yes, I do. And, and so um, then in the summer, we went out for two weeks, uh, like literally 14 days. Um we stayed at her house and we went out every night. We wrote every day. We wrote two to three songs sometimes um, in a day. And we ended up with 20 songs. We narrowed that down. 
to 12 or 11 and uh, recorded it in her living room on GarageBand with the SM7B, the mic microphone you got. Mm -hmm. And just watching her sing, she, I mean, she's one of the greatest singers alive, I think. And um, watching her just nail these takes and just one or two, one or two goes. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, just the whole thing. Yep, keep it. And then harmony, same thing. I mean, when she goes up to the mic, she shows up and it's there and that's all you need. And so, and I was used to doing like 10, 15 takes, yeah. you know? And I was like, <laughs> hey, we don't have the time. We don't have the time for that. So um, I have to like rise to the occasion as well. And I think that like in that environment, um, it made me uh, sing better than I ever could have. Nice. Um, and writing those songs were so fun. We were just, uh, she has a, a grand piano in the living room and we would just play and, and write and uh, just, that was uh, an amazing, amazing time. We, we got to write with uh, Natalie Hemby from the High Women mm -hmm. and Aaron Ratier and uh, Maddie Diaz and uh, Cree Harrison. It's just all of uh, Audra's pool of friends in, in Nashville all came over during that time. And it was just, yeah, I'll never forget it. Nice. It was the longest two weeks because it was so jam-packed with great memories. Nice. You know? I... Uh, and then we brought it back and spent the next year uh, recording it at our studio um, in Highland Park and a little bit in uh, Hollywood, a studio called Barefoot that's not there anymore. Then, like, Nolan had this, like, his drums were going through guitar amps and listening back the delay in like real time. It was just some cool, cool recording stuff. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. Sam had, Sam had like, he had like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain how he did it, but he had like the amp hooked up to a space echo. So I think the drums were going through the space echo and then out the amp. So like all the, all the reverb and delay on that record on the drums is all um, real. Wow. and natural so cool. yeah it was, it was it was fun for yeah. sure usually you would add that stuff after but in order to really get the vibe and play to it like they they had it so that no one could hear all of the the delay and and reverb while he played so that it was man yeah it was you, you know you you mentioned how like you you had all this these groups of writers that, that sort of it was making me think of like you guys talking about going to LA originally and thinking you, you know you were gonna have this this posse of of people uh, playing all the time and whatnot and I do think you initially have a tighter group in Nashville like there's there's just as big a scene of music in both cities of LA and Nashville but I've heard it from folks in LA that you do have it's more partitioned it's more groups you don't have to interact with anybody nobody sees anybody else whereas like Nashville it's hard not to they bump into each other constantly like it's like five bars in Nashville you know yeah. like like with LA it's so spread out with Nashville it's like the size of Sacramento yeah but with the towel pool of LA yeah and so it just kind of funnels into you 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 
just run into people. I remember when we were there, we we saw like Arctic monkeys at a bar mm-hmm. after their show. Yeah, you know, it was like what, and we saw one of the members of uh, Kings of Leon at this bar. Yeah. It was just like it was unbelievable. It's wild. It's uh, it I I still it, it's crazy how many like you're saying uh, talented musicians that like you know and that and the saying still goes from like the 60s as far as like measuring your talent there if you come into town go to the first gas station and challenge the person to a, a guitar off and if they can beat you in playing guitar then you probably shouldn't be in that town just go ahead and turn back around because like everybody it's it's crazy everybody in that town like you you literally you know you'll be talking to ah play a little bit and they'll pull out their guitar and like play you know hendrix behind their head and you're like what the happened how did that crazy i would never ever challenge anyone in that town with a guitar it's nuts it's nuts well it it's i mean it's a fantastic album that you guys created you guys released it a month into the pandemic and like i feel like it was slept on because of the pandemic and everything else sort of going on in the world because you know it it just it still hasn't got i i feel like it hasn't got the appreciation of of the time and the work that you put into it did did you guys feel that to a degree it's a it's a slow growing seed i think it's still uh gonna make its way into a (laughs) to a big tree that uh it's working it yeah i i i I don't think that there's a time which it's important for it to be out i just i'm glad that it's out because it will it will grow people will 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 go back and listen to it and it's there you know it's 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 i love that album and it's it's a like a special place in my in my heart for Uh, sure for sure I think, I think that it never was a, a thing for for us for the album to like be a, a a massive you know smash hit. I think it was just important for us to make it, mm-hmm. and we did, and that like means more to us than it being on Billboard or whatever. I mean, it's really not geared for for any kind of like massive commercial success, um, and if that happens, great. Yeah. You know, I think it's going to be one of those albums that like, you know, years down the road builds, hopefully people find it um, special and interesting and, and will be like, oh, great. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's some good stuff in there. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, now, um, during the pandemic, you guys went into the pandemic as, as a four piece and going into your show two months ago, it seems like you are a three piece now. Uh, what, what, what happened throughout the, the pandemic, uh, sort of take us through that process and the change, uh, in the band. Well, we made, uh, we, our, our guitar player, Sam, um, he, he decided he didn't want to, um, do the, the Vista Kicks, the band anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and we made it. We made Sorry Charlie with him. Mm-hmm. He engineered and mixed it. Mm-hmm. And um, that was kind of, we didn't know it at the time, but that was kind of the last um, record, you know, yeah. to be made together. And we made it up in uh, Polga. And so that's a town in Northern California 
owned by one lady named Betsy, who's hmm. awesome. And uh, it's basically just like a Wild West pioneer town kind of kind of thing. And and we we got to live there for a month and make the record. And um, we just ate really well and uh, had the time of our lives. I mean, it was it was really a lot of fun. Um, there's like a river and you're in the great outdoors and it's beautiful. And, um, so it was a, it was a really nice, uh, experience. And, um, yeah, during the, the, the pandemic was, was the pandemic. I mean, it, 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 we all lived through it and it was crazy. Uh, it was a, a heightened time for all of us. And I think, I think as an old man, my grandkids are probably going to be like, why does grandpa wash his hands all the time? You know, it, it's going to be one of those things that like, you know, how come our, our you know, it's like the, in the depression where they're like yeah. rich, but saving pennies. You know? Hold on what to everything. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I think there's going to be some, some, some fallout from that. Yeah. For sure. Years to come. But um, then now, putting the the pieces back together because um, we didn't have all the the harmony during the pandemic uh i produced a record for a band called the hail marys mm-hmm. and they've now joined our live show as uh singing back routes backup and uh we we do a lot of writing together nice as well so we're, we're we're planning on making some music all together nice uh, yeah we have another guitar player uh named christina and she's amazing. She's she's killing it. She slays on guitar. Very nice. Was so, so it's this cool, um, you know, balance. And uh, now with with six, kind of fills out. And like feels really big. Yeah. But so so uh, Sam just got burned out on on it. Was that? I mean, was that the reason or? You're not sure. I, th- I think you'd have to, to ask, ask him. him. Yeah. 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 What now was the was the title? I mean, that's sorry, Charlie. Uh, that's the dog, Charlie. Uh, is is that is that a, a tip of the hat to the the change in the in the lineup? Um. Well, that that name actually came from from Sam. <laughs> um. That was that was his idea. So uh-huh. we we wanted to honor that. Kept it going. Have we going? Yeah. All right. Well, tip of the tip of the hat to uh, Victoria and Michaela there in the Hail Marys. Uh, you did they they did just come out with a, an album, didn't they? It's so they just announced today actually that um, their their first half of the album, Unrequited Love, uh, comes out July first. Nice. And we've already got four singles out with that. Now, now you said you you've been doing the the production for that. Yeah, um, I did the production and the arrangement and the guitar. Very uh, nice. Guitar. Very nice. A lot nice. of the rhythm stuff. Very nice. And yeah. and there are they going to be doing all? Are they going to be touring with you for all the the shows coming up there for the rest of the summer? Yep. Very nice. Very nice. Well, now at the start of the interview, we talked about the show with the Stones, um, but you guys are doing multiple shows in the UK after the stone show uh uk listeners in general they seem to be pretty big fans of american rock and roll 
I do you do you like playing over? I mean, because I know you guys have obviously. Do you like playing in the UK? Love the UK. It is so great. Nice. <laughs> it's so much fun. What what's the coolest thing in a UK tour that you don't get on an American tour that is very different that you're just like yes nice pubs mm, mm. <laughs> Dif- a, it hits different you know <laughs> hits different than that normal American bar huh <laughs> I don't like trying to find weed in the UK though oh mm. there it's always like. Yeah, we got this Cali Kush. It's like, what the f- <laughs> me? You know? And you're like, I don't know. We're from California. It's, like, it's, it's going to be hard. Trains in California, you know, it's, it's just, it's one. It's one out there. And you got to get in somebody's car, drive around the block. It's a nightmare. <laughs> Come on, guys. You got to get a better process. Do you hear that, UK listeners? Better process of weed handling, okay? Jeez. <laughs> Well, now, one last question that I did want to ask, actually with touring, but I saw this and it just sort of stuck out. And sadly, he never joined the interview to answer this himself, but I saw this back in the day. I think it was around 2017. Uh, Trevor channeled his inner Ozzy and drank his own urine. I'm going to need a little bit of an elaboration on that story. Nolan? It was, it was, it was apple juice. It was apple juice. I thought no, it wasn't apple juice. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, a ver- he, was, he was thirsty. A very important question. Was he sober that when that happened? I think so, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he was just thirsty. I forget how many, like stupid things <laughs> when nolan i mean in the same interview i saw that nolan had eaten a worm and i was like well that's 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 not nearly at the level that the <laughs> urine i mean i wouldn't want to do either but you know i i'd take the worm i think if i had to i don't know we thought for like months after that worm thing that like nolan would have some kind of a parasite we were <laughs> kind of worried there for a minute comes i think good i think you're good right (laughs) i think so am i as as uh, no living in his gut, you know? <laughs> si- i was about to say silently there has been a tapeworm that has been growing in in uh nolan for the last five years he's got a 15 pound tapeworm in there somewhere oh no the worst it's my buddy <laughs> it's my friend now, now i gotta worry about that <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, well, I mean, hopefully, hopefully you guys can can head over to the UK and, you know, maybe I I wouldn't say get to the level of Trevor's exploits, but, you know, maybe build some new ones like that with with uh, Mick and Keith this time around. They they've seen a lot of things. Challenge them to a couple of things, you know, (laughs) aside from that, what's the plans for the band in 2022 the rest of 22 are are you dedicating all to touring or is there plans to to start recording more material there in 2022 uh well we definitely plan on recording more nice 
So in the breaks of the touring, because it's a it's pretty extensive tour. Yeah. Uh, but like in between that, we plan on recording some music and putting that out as soon as possible. Nice. Nice. Well, for listeners that don't know, there will be a chance to see them in Jacksonville uh, October 8th. So they're going to be in Jacksonville right here in the city October 8th. So go ahead and write it down on your calendars. Make sure during that extensive tour, that's how long it's going. But they'll be they'll be lubed up and ready to go by that time. They'll be, you know. Just... Oh, yeah. By, by the time we hit Florida, we'll be uh, just a... Re- tight music making machine uh, yeah we'll <laughs> ready ready to make memories with florida men all around the state they'll be ready and florida women just ready to do it just get, <laughs> getting out there trevor will bring his cup don't worry it'll be a good time <laughs> be a good time for everybody fellas we are up against a break but i want to thank you guys for coming on the show today hey thanks for having us for sure. Thank you. For sure. Listeners, you can check out all the Vista Kicks music. Stream it on all streaming services. You can follow them on social media at Vista Kicks or check them out on their website, www.vistakicks.com. Right now, let's take a listen to All or Nothing off of Sorry Charlie right here on the Doc G Show. <laughs> Turn it 
are back here on the Doc G Show. You just heard Vista Kicks right there off of the EP. Sorry, Charlie. Uh, Derek and Nolan with me. Can't wait for those guys to come through a Jacksonville. But, of course, before they come through Jacksonville, they have to perform with the Rolling Stones in Hyde mm-hmm. Park. For the 60th anniversary, it's going to be a good time. If you are a UK listener, I suggest you head on down there. I don't know how much tickets are. I'm guessing like a million dollars, so you probably can't afford them. But, (laughs) you know, uh, like if you can get in like a really tall tree and maybe look into it, I'd say do that. Something like that. Try Mm -hmm. that. Try that old, old, uh... Uh, style on. <laughs> um, anyways, Mike, the fantastic fellas. Who would you put at your uh, your top singer of all time? Do you have a top singer? A voice that just makes you go, man, that is a smooth, delightful singing. I could listen to that all day. Hmm. Stevie Wonder, man, that guy crushes. Stevie Wonder's got that voice. I'll give you in my opinion. That is, that is a very good voice. It is a very. And sometimes I will. I would definitely say for me, Stevie does go un unappreciated sometimes. Like I, I have to remind yeah. myself that he is amazing, you know, uh, and that his voice is great. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause I mean, like you know, I love, I love Sam Cooke. I love Otis Redding. I love. Uh, um, Aretha Franklin, obviously. I love uh, Bill Withers, but like sometimes Stevie, just because yeah. his career has gone so long, uh, and like he's gone through so many different sort of phases, I forget. Mm-hmm. Like man, like you know, like you listen to a little uh, a superstition. Oh man, higher ground, you. Amazing, you know. Uh, I just called to say I love you. That I'll get down to that slow jam. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah. Part time lover. Oh God, that's a jam yeah, right there. For sure. Oh man. Mm. For sure. For sure. Part time lover. I want to listen to that right now, listeners. After I get off the show, I'm listening to Part Time Lover. <laughs> that is happening right I'm now. I'm gonna listen to that too. Yeah. Doc G, who's your who's your top voice? Top voice, Sam Cook. Like I said in the interview, without Sam a doubt, Cook. Sam Cook is is the number one. He's just so smooth, such a good delivery. Just. Send you to cloud nine as soon as he starts singing. You're just like, my God, that guy. Just and like, like the emotion that he can put in it too. Like you listen to changes. Oh man, oh man. Or bring it on home to me. Like that's one of my favorite parts about uh, the movie Ali back in the day with Will Smith before he was slapping people. Hmm. Yeah, I brought it up. It happened. <laughs> Um, uh, like, you know, that movie starts off with Ali training in the streets of Miami and it's got, uh, it's got, uh, Sam Cooke doing the live version of Bring It Home and, and it's like, you know, it's not actually Sam Cooke doing it, but like they do a great job of sort of replicating it. You're just like, God, that guy, guy is so good. So good. Tragic story too. Died way too young. Died way too young. Uh, I think the Netflix documentary on him could have been way better. If listeners have watched it before, hmm. it's it's not that good. No offense to whoever made it. It could be better. You guys could have made a lot better documentary. I could have made a do- better documentary. Right now, give me the resources. I will make a better, <laughs> a better documentary. You heard it first, folks. That and Possum Facts. That's what I do. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Mike, we have two uh, birthday suits left to go. 
Uh, okay, who do you want to hear first? We've got uh, a <clears throat> country music artist, and we've got a actress. Okay, so let's go with the one that I'm most likely not going to get. So let's go with the country artist. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get this one. That's uh, <laughs> c- correct. Uh, born on June 15, 1937 in Littlefield, Texas. Our birthday suit wearer loved music and started playing the guitar mm. at age eight and performed on the radio by the time he was 12. At the age 16, he was kicked out of high school for disciplinary reasons. He drove a truck for a cement company uh, while he tried to become a full-time musician. When he was 19, he started DJing for KVOW. He uh, was later fired for playing Little Richard on the station. In 1961, he signed a recording contract with uh, Trend Records. He was invited to Nashville by RCA Records in 1965. When he first arrived in Nashville, he did pretty well with singles like Anita, You're Dreaming and For Lovin' Me. But he was not happy with his albums because he felt like he had little artistic control. In 1969, he started living with Johnny Cash. They both became heavily addicted to amphetamines during this time. In 1973... (laughs) Uh, that that by the way that uh, moment in time was captured in the movie uh, Walking the Line uh, with Reese Weatherspoon and Joaquin Phoenix and uh, the the character uh, this birthday suit wearer was played by his son so fun fact hmm. uh, anywho interesting. Uh, In 1973, he demanded his artistic control from his record label and released uh, Lonesome, Ownery, and Mean. And then he also uh, released the song Honky Tonk Heroes. Then in 1975, he released his biggest album of his career, Dreaming My Dreams. Following his uh, this recording, he released six consecutive gold records. He became known as the leader of Outlaw Country Movement, along with Willie Nelson. Later in 1980s, he performed with the Highwaymen. The Highwaymen were Johnny Cash, himself, Chris Christopherson, and Willie Nelson. Sadly, he passed away in 2002, but all in all, he had 11 number one hit albums. He had 54 albums that charted on the Billboard Top Country Albums. He's in the Texas Country Music Hall of Fame, and he's in the Country Music Hall of Fame. He was listed by Rolling Stone as the seventh best country artist of all time. Name that birthday suit wearer. Hmm. Um. Man, I would. I was gonna say Willie Nelson, but like I can't say that. It's not now. Willie. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, definitely not Willie. All right. Talk I'll to give you. you the initials. W J. Anything. Willie Jelson. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Jog G, I got I got I think the name will jog something here. Waylon Jennings. Oh, Waylon Jennings. Waylon Yeah, I still Jennings. don't know that guy, but yeah. I've, You've I've heard, heard the name. name. You've heard the name. His, I've heard the name. His son is actually a DJ on Sirius XM and a performer himself, Shooter Jennings. And mm. Shooter Jennings okay. was the guy that played uh, Waylon in the movie uh, Walk the Line. There you go. Nice. Mm-hmm. I yeah. like that. That's cool. Yeah. Sort of like Ice Cube. You know, his son playing him him in uh, in the NWA uh, movie. So true. I did not know that. I did yeah. not know that. 
Yeah, yeah, sort of same deal. All right, I think you've got this one. Two for three, Mike. Almost positive you got this one. If you don't, well, you might forget her name. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, born we'll on see. June 15, 1964 in Birmingham, Alabama. Our birthday suit wearer was interested in acting. She ended up going to Mount Vernon College, but ended up not graduating because of one class. And instead... Dropped out to focus on acting and modeling. Her career wasn't an instant success. Uh, she got a big break when she was casted to dance with Bruce Springsteen in his Dancing in the Dark video. She then had a series of small roles like on Family Ties and the movie Cocoon, The Return. She then had a big role in the now famous Ace Ventura movie with the role of Melissa Robinson, Ace's love interest. In 1994, she was cast to play Monica Geller on the show Friends, which ended up becoming one of the most popular sitcoms of all time and lasted 10 seasons. Since the end of Friends, she has starred in several other shows and movies, but nothing is compared to the fame and accolades that she that came with Friends. Name that birthday suit wearer. Was it Courtney Cox? Courtney Cox is correct. Two for three. I called it. I thought this is a two for three day, and I was right. I was right. Yes. Man, Courtney Cox, 58. Turning 58. 58. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Anyways, uh, did a great job, obviously, on Friends. Uh, Always will be remembered for Ace Ventura, at least in my heart, since I have watched Ace Ventura no less than 4,000 times. Uh, Yeah, great movie. Oh, God, so good. If you ever go down to Miami, folks, you can, like, there are a whole bunch of places that you can, I mean, they filmed that movie in Miami. Like, that was a Miami shot film. And, like, most of those places are still in existence. Like, you know, like, you can point out where his apartment complex was on Miami Beach. You can go out to the docks where uh, he was being held by Finkel. Like, all all of the places, they're hmm. there. That's, cool. I, I, anybody wants to go on a tour, let me know. I'll take you on a I'm Ace Ventura tour. I love doing that stuff. I love, like, going to, like, movie, movie yeah. film spots. You can get a couple of others, although they tore down a lot of places. Like, they, they tore down the place that was uh, the... I, I think they did, at least. I have to go back and check. I think they tore down the the apartment complex where the Scarface scene with the mm. chainsaw, where they chainsawed the dude up. That was on uh. That was on uh, A1A, uh, and I think they got... I, I'm pretty sure they tore that one down, sadly. Mm, lost. Um, I went to Dexter's house in Miami. We we were kicked out swiftly, <laughs> but uh, we were uh, we were yeah we were kicked out immediately. But that was kind of cool. Got to Dexter's a, apartment. I don't know if you ever a, watched that show, but it was cool. Yeah, there's a pretty good amount of you know film, obviously fi- film locations and whatnot in Miami that you can find definitely. Anyways, oh, yeah. Mike, uh, happy birthday to Courtney Cox. Happy birthday to Waylon Jennings. Happy birthday to Ice Cube. Mike, I want to tell you a couple of stories that didn't uh, make it to the show real quick today. Uh, if you want to hear any of these, I'll give you a little bit of teasers of a couple of these stories. Let me know. I can bring them up on the show uh, next week. So the first okay. one we had is the top lost and found items in Ubers for 2022. They have a list <laughs> 
of 50. Yes, Doc G. Come on. We need this okay. list. Okay. 50 weird items uh, from Uber specifically that they listed. Uh, and I'll tell you, one of them is a set of false teeth. A uh, person huh. left their dentures in the car. Mm. Real life dentures. Uh, mm. Next one. <laughs> Uh, an Alabama man uh, was uh, arrested, put in jail, or not not put in jail. Sorry, arrested for putting flowers at his fiance's grave. That was the story. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to hear that. No, I'm joking. No. <laughs> Next one. Wow, that sounds very interesting. Catfish was caught in Southern Indiana with you guessed it. Stomach. Word. Okay. Yes. <laughs> that's that's pretty much the whole story. You don't need to know anything else of that one, guys. That's right. that's pretty much it. But it was it made for some really funny pictures. I will say if yeah, uh, if you go. get a chance, guys, Google it. It'll make you laugh. Anywho, uh, let's see. Last one. Uh, man was arrested in Phoenix. For robbing ATMs and his last uh, posting as a rapper on SoundCloud was about a song relating to robbing ATMs. Huh? Yep. Which I got to be honest, Mike. I I don't know if I want to hear a story or hear a song about rapping about uh, uh, robbing ATMs. Doesn't yeah, really me give neither. me that Holy. hype. I mean, nah, it gets me. You know, it gives me more anxiety personally. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, there's like nothing like alluring about that. You know, it's not like Wild West. You're going into a bank robbery or something. It's like, like next he's gonna have a song about <laughs> yeah. like tax fraud or something, and be like, boom. Uh, yeah, I see. Yeah. yeah, like it just doesn't make much sense. Anyways, yeah. Uh, Mike, it's which ones dangerous. of those do you want to hear? Yeah, I know you want to hear about the oddities, uh, Uber. Yeah, and I want to hear why this guy got arrested uh, for okay. putting flowers on the grave. I mean, come on. How it's is an this interesting one. I'll say it's related. I'll he was tell naked, you. wasn't he? <laughs> no, I wish. That would make much more sense for this show. But no, you know what? I'll leave it for the next show, guys. We have a great one. We've got Will Dorado coming on the show. I can't wait to talk to their lead singer, Max Helmrich. He's a fantastic guy. Just an all-out uh, fantastic fella. And I'll tell you, Mike... Uh, his his family, they look like one of those families that you're just like, what? Such a great family. Like his wife, they his exist. kids. Yeah. You're just like, oh, man. So I, I would actually want to have family time with this family instead of being like, no, hmm. please get away from me, you <laughs> a-holes. You know? So I can't wait to talk to Max. It's going to be a good time. Uh, but until then, we got to wrap up the show. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Mike Maximus. Fernicus, Charette. Doc G, thank you for having me. As always, great time. Good I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say Mikey. It threw me off for the rest of it. I was like, oh, Max, okay. Maximus, Fernicus. <laughs> it did not roll <laughs> off the tongue. When you take off the 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 Mikey, it completely it, it ruins it. I'm mm. sorry, sorry. Yeah. Anyways, until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.